Welcome back to Campwire. This is the American Camp Association's podcast on all things camp. The American Camp Association is right now in the middle of a comprehensive five-year research study that will explore the outcomes of the camp experience and how it relates to career and college readiness for campers and staff. Lori Brown, our director of research, and Jim Sibthorpe, a principal researcher on the study, have carved out some time to discuss where we are today on this project. But before we begin the conversation, a quick message from this episode's sponsor, the Redwoods Group. The Redwoods Group is proud to support ACA's Research 360 Impact Study. As a mission-driven insurance company, Redwoods exists to create safe communities for all. They know the power camps have in creating those safe communities, and they work closely with each customer to identify and prevent physical, emotional, and cultural risks to camps. It all starts with research. To learn more about Redwoods, go to acacamps.org and search for Redwoods. everybody. This is Lori Brown, Director of Research with the American Camp Association. Thanks so much for joining us on Camp Wire to talk a little bit about uh, ACA's five-year impact study and about research in general. Um, with us today, we have Dr. Jim Zibdorp. He's the uh, lead investigator on the project, also a longtime friend of ACA and Camp Research. So, Jim, welcome. Um, let's start by giving listeners a little background of your interest in camp research and some of the ways that you've been involved with ACA in the past. Great, Chair. Well, thanks for uh, chatting with me today. So, the uh, I guess going back, um, I first got involved in camp research really when I was introduced to Deb Bileski about 20 years ago at the Coalition for Education in the Outdoors, and I met Cab Deb and Carla there. And uh, from there, I was doing my dissertation kind of at the time on outdoor education and the impact of outdoor education on adolescent populations. And really that, those initial conversations and just common research interests led to our work in kind of the mid-2000s when the big uh, Lilly Foundation grant came into play with ACA mm -hmm. and Deb moved over full-time as the research director at uh, ACA at the time. And then mm -hmm. we started our work with expanding on the outcome work that was done through that Eli Lilly study or the Lilly study. And that led to our work with the Youth Outcomes Battery, which then continued on for, um, you know, probably a decade after that started. Yeah. And that Lilly study was the first national study of camp outcomes that you know of, right? Yeah, the first national one. I mean, that's, I think, the thing that was interesting about that. And that's, I think, you know, if we talk about the importance of this study, the, the thing that's important about it is its scale. And I think that's the part that's really interesting is we get a lot of studies that are uh, of, of one camp or a group of camps, uh, but that group is often not representative of uh, the national camping industry. And that's, yeah, absolutely. So the, the, that early work by the Lilly Foundation and the Philibur Group, that was the first national one that I'm aware of. And then 
this would be the second one. Yeah. Well, and I always tell people, so uh, for folks who might not be familiar, that study is, is still the only national huh, kind of large scale study of camp outcomes that we have. And you can find that on the ACA website under the uh, directions, innovations and inspirations reports, which are still used quite a bit by camps. But I always like to share to you a little tidbit that it was through that study that I first got involved in camp research because my camp was selected to participate in that study. And I was the eager beaver master student who said, yes, I will go around and collect surveys and give dollar bills to uh, participants. And uh, that was the hook for me. So here we are. Uh, so that's a good follow on then to where we're at now. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the five-year research study that we're doing. Um, key questions and, and, and why you think these questions are important today. Yeah, I think the big difference and, and where we're kind of, uh, I guess, hopefully building on the earlier study is that we're really starting to look at things from two different perspectives. One of them is, I would say, we're building from the ground up. So what we think uh, and what we're hearing are the strengths of camp. And so I think that's an important difference is that we're really saying, what are, what are former campers telling us? Uh, is coming out of camp and so and what's really distinct about that because I do believe that camps do a lot of different things and some camps do a great job at for example teaching uh, literacy or teaching math or teaching you how to manage your diabetes but in general across the board camps also do other things that are distinct from other learning settings and some of those that we're working on around you know social emotional learning is really popping but anyway we're, we're doing the inductive piece I think that's important I think the other thing that really distinguishes this is the longitudinal nature which we're really just starting now so tracking campers over time really to see how people transition in and out of camp how camp uh, is important at certain times and maybe uh, it's it's for whatever reason families children logistics it, it, people you know dip out of it or leave camping as a as an opportunity so I think part of what we're going to be able to see is that and then I also think involving uh, how families are making those decisions over time is really important so we'll we'll be able to look at I'd say those three things mainly so the outcomes that are that we're hearing the value of camp from the words of the participants and looking at how those track over time I think how camp is situated within this larger learning landscape and how that also kind of ebbs and flows over time and then the third thing being I think how families are viewing camp as part of this larger world that frankly their kids are growing up in so are, are, are they seeing it as things that they're using in reaction to school or to complement school or as a break from school or you could say that for any types of activities they're engaged in. Yeah, this is super exciting. And, you know, I think the timeliness is worth noting again, you know, first this notion of camp within the larger context, you know, so much of our research looks at the impact of camp in the short term. And that's great. We're pretty positive that camp does great things for kids, but we don't know, you know, to the extent to which that stuff lasts. And we don't know the interplay between camp experiences and home and school and sports and all this other stuff. And I think that's really critical right now because, you know, on one hand, we're hearing from a lot of camps that they face greater competition for time and money. You know, parents are weighing the value of camp experiences against the value of, say, summer school or traveling team sports. And we can't really say much about how camp 
um, kind of interacts with those, complements them, or for some kids might even be more beneficial. So this study is really timely in that sense. But also, we're also hearing from so many of our camps um, a, a strong interest in working in collaboration with schools, with um, medical professionals, with other youth development organizations. So this will be the first opportunity we have to really look at how camp can best align themselves with these other contexts. You know, we live in a day and age where um, kind of multidimensional interaction is really important for the sustainability of any organization. So I think this, the timeliness is really important. Um, so Jim, you referred to uh, sort of the inductive nature, meaning that we started very exploratory with the study, you know, by looking at or thinking about what, what camps really do well from the perspective of people who went to camp as a kid. So can you tell us a little bit about what you did in that first phase and then how you're using what you learned in that phase uh, for the next phases of the study? Yeah, so when we started this project, I was really, there's, um, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I mean, there's a lot of camps, uh, specific camps that do specific things very well. So maybe they teach marine biology or maybe they do teach literacy or, um, you know, some teach outdoor skills. I, I was kind of like, look, if we're going to go broad and we're going to try and go to a national study, then we really need to figure out what it is that the, the former campers or campers, current campers, if you were to look at it, are telling us uh, that camp does ex extraordinarily well in a way that uh, they can't learn these things in other contexts. Because if we're hoping to show that camp is impactful it, on a broad sense, on a national scale, then we have to be able to understand uh, how that's going to fit into this larger, you know, kind of learning landscape. And so what we really started with is interviewing uh, 64 uh, former campers across a cross-section of 22 ACA-accredited camps. And we asked them, you know, kind of a series of different questions, but some of them along the lines of what was the most impactful thing you learned from camp? Uh, what did you learn at camp that you couldn't have learned in other contexts? What about the camp context allowed you to learn that. So basically trying to get at both the kind of distinct stuff that they're tying to camp, the stuff that they learned at camp but couldn't have learned other places, and then as also what is it about camp that's distinct that makes you able to learn that or facilitate your learning in that. And the idea is then we're tracking that through the phase the, what we're calling phase two, uh, and we're even pushing people further. So we're like, okay, if you told us you learned about uh, in to how to be independent, and that was something you really felt you learned at camp, and you really learned it because it was an opportunity to be away from your family and your friends and make decisions and uh, live independently in some sense, uh, independently for a 12 or 14 year old with counselors in the camp mm -hmm. in the background, but, the, but independently, and that's a sense that you got from camp, then Talk to us a little bit about if we, if you still are saying that's important, then tell us, then we make them choose. Like, did you learn more of that from your home environment, your school, your work, your church? And, and some of those are really popping, independence being one of them. I mean, things like willingness to try new things is another thing that, that they're really saying, you know, camp is really uh, pretty important in my kind of willingness to step out of my own comfort zone and try new things. Um, you know, my, my kind of my ability to live in the moment and not be so preoccupied with other things or my ability to relate and connect with others and, and to take on personal responsibility. So those are things that we're seeing are coming out uh, for the 
for the overnight camps, especially the nature-based ones, affinity for nature is another thing. Like that's an opportunity that I had that I wouldn't have had in other places. And so what we're really looking at from phase one is what is it that we're hearing that's distinct? And because I, and I love, you know, the fact that camps do do some of these other things like we were talking about, like they do mm -hmm. literacy and some do STEM education and, um, you know, some do biological sciences, marine bio or something. And those are great, but kids are not across the board in a national sense um, gravitating towards those things. There's this, mm -hmm. there's this strong kind of interpersonal, social-emotional connection. Sometimes it's very individual, so it's uh, like they're developing a sense of who they are and they're finding a safe place to be that person and explore their own identity development as they move through adolescence. Uh, so anyway, those are just some of the themes that we're seeing from phase one. And then the idea is, is what we're doing with those is we're building those into our, our survey battery that we're moving forward into phase two, mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, and, well, we did it into phase two already, but through phase three. So we'll be tracking some of those over time. And that's what's gonna help us, I think, hopefully isolate and, and build upon the things that are really kind of, I don't want to say unique, but at least, you know, camp, the real strengths for camp. That's really yeah. where we're trying to head. Yeah, this is, this is super exciting. And I want to also acknowledge um, folks who are listening might be thinking, you know, this is great that we get this broad national picture, but what about my STEM camp? What about my faith-based camp? What about a camp, you know, for kids with disabilities? Aren't there going to be some differences? And Absolutely. And that did emerge in those preliminary findings, right, Jim? Some differences based on um, kind of specialty camp types? Absolutely. So through the initial interviews, like the, the kids who went to the faith-based camps or the kids who went to, uh, you know, like, for example, a diabetes camp, I mean, they definitely uh, connected with outcomes that were tied to those specific camps, uh, whether they were development of their own personal faith or their comfort with their faith or whether it was something medically oriented, how to better uh, manage their diabetes or, or seeing role models or feeling of normalcy through managing their diabetes. So all those things absolutely came out through the original study. And so we're actually, as, as you well know, Laurie, we're, we're trying to address those partially through some of these oversamples that we're doing. Yeah. So um, trying to say, look, let's take a group of uh, camps that have uh, medical orientation or that have uh, specific interest and in specific type of faith development or maybe STEM or something else. And then we're trying to go back and look more specifically at those camps. Uh, those are kind of, they're running parallel, but uh, we're still trying to focus, as we alluded to, the strength of the study really is the national focus and national import on camp as an industry. So mm -hmm. we're trying to run those to speak to those different groups, but uh, we're still trying to keep the the center, I guess, the hub of the research in a way that it can speak to camps and the camp industry. Yeah. And so we're not uh, trying to limit ourselves to very important, but smaller segments of that industry. Right, right. Which makes, um, you know, it even more critical, you know, if we're trying to say things about camp in general, it's pretty important that we have a broad representation of camps uh, camp experiences represented in the study. And I think we'll address this in the next question, but um, what that comes down to is, is how we select the camps that are participating. And we'll talk about that and other things that are happening right now. But um, the selection process is, is 
quite strategic. <laughs> you know, we're trying to choose camps from what I keep calling specific buckets to make sure that we have this proportional representation of our larger industry. So, uh, and folks are usually pretty interested in this. You know, we have a, a fair number of day camps and overnight camps. We have camps across all regions. We have faith-based camps. We have medical specialty camps. We have camps affiliated with all different kinds of agencies. We have for-profit camps and we've selected within those characteristics to represent this broader population. So the camps that are selected to participate really serve a critical role in helping us um, achieve you know, findings that do represent this broader population. So with that, Jim, if you wouldn't mind, tell us where we're at right now. Um, there's a lot happening, <laughs> what's going on right now and uh, what kind of challenges do you anticipate as we launch these next phases? Yeah, I think the biggest, uh, as again, as you know, the biggest challenge we're having right now is just kind of getting everything uh, ramped up for what, what we're calling enrollment in phase three. So the longitudinal pieces really began in earnest uh, this summer. So we're like starting our tracking of families and kids uh, as they're enrolling in summer camp this summer. So we're trying to, at this point, onboard the camps. Uh, that are representative of those different buckets uh, and, and make sure we get a representative population of ACA accredited camps. I, I do think that this is a huge weakness of a lot of our past research is that it's been, it, it doesn't have a, a sample, it never intends to, right? It's not trying right, to right. generalize to the camping industry as a whole. We are, we're trying to generalize mm -hmm. to ACA accredited camps. So uh, we're trying to be very, uh, very intentional about how we select that sample and, and mm -hmm. so that it represents that broad uh, cross section of, of ACA accredited camps. Yeah. So, so I'd say that's the main thing that's going on right now is we're trying to get that set up. And then once we get the camps onboarded, then they can start to help us uh, funnel groups into really a series of interrelated studies that we have. The one, of course, the big one in the hub, what we're calling the youth impact study is the one that tracks youth and families. So they'll absolutely be helping us with that. I'll also be helping us with some other things regarding uh, the impacts of working at camp. So staff impacts, and then also uh, kind of the impacts of being a leader in training or a counselor and training at a camp. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, the main thing we're, I, I don't want to say struggling with right now, but the main, the main thing kind of on our plate is getting those camps on board and, uh, and getting them engaged to the level that they can help us with the study as it, as it continues to move forward. Yeah, yeah. And as someone who's actively involved with uh, getting those camps on board, I will say it is a challenge, especially given the time of year. And, you know, we're not surprised at all that we're hearing camps say, this is great, but I'm slammed. It's the spring. Um, I, I, I will say that, the, that you and the research team, Jim, have, have really distilled this into very simple tasks for the camps that, that do opt in. You know, again, speaking to my experience in the original outcome study 15 years ago, um, what we asked of participating camps back then was actually pretty, <laughs> pretty big, uh, pretty complex, required a lot of time. Um, I was a dedicated staff person just to that study. Uh, this time around, we're asking camps simply to put us in touch with who will ultimately be the participants in the study, and that will be staff, campers, their families, and counselor and training, leader and training uh, participants. And so really it's a series of emails for which we provide the script, uh, we provide the online survey, and for some participants, even some compensa uh, compensation. And that's all coming from the research team. So um, you know, as we're selecting camps, we're trying to remind them that 
this is uh, really no more than an hour or two max of, of staff time. Once the participants are enrolled, the camp itself really doesn't have to do anything, but they will receive uh, preliminary reports uh, each year on the findings, as well as acknowledgement in all of our materials. So uh, we will be presenting all the findings on a, on a website, so their logos will be displayed. And uh, so we're really working hard to make sure that our participating camps get acknowledged for the work that they're doing in this important, uh, important study. So with that, Jim, I want to know, kind of take a, several steps back. Why does this study matter? And what do you see camps using from what you learn? What will be the practical applications that you anticipate? Yeah, I think, I mean, why does it matter? I think is because of its, I think in many ways, as we were kind of discussing earlier, it's really unprecedented in its combination of scale and the time component. So we have, we have now a national sample that we will track over time. And so it really has abilities, I think, to just like you were alluding to with the directions and innovations and inspirations uh, publications and how those are still kind of looked to as uh, measures of, of where research is in the camping industry as a whole. I think this mm -hmm. is the next wave. So I think yeah. uh, we have that. It will be a hub, I guess my point is, for the next decade. Uh, what I think th that's important for camps and the industry as a whole is we're really going to get, this is just my personal opinion, but I really think the important piece is how families are understanding camp and how, because yeah. yeah. families are choosing and we don't really know exactly why they're choosing camp, one camp over another, uh, mm -hmm. why they're choosing one camp one year, a different camp a different year, why they're choosing camps in, in, as part of their summer, as part of their, you know, kind of recreational out-of-school time choices. And so what we really want to do is I, I believe that we're going to have information that says, look, these types of families are using camp for these types of reasons, and thus if if this is the type of family that you're trying to reach and you're trying to communicate your value to, then this is what they're looking for. And I believe yeah. some of those families, they're going to look different. Some are going to say, I want my kid to have a break from school. Like they're super stressed out at school. They don't fit in there well. Uh, I just want them to have a place they can be social and uh, get along with other kids and do some mm -hmm. stuff they enjoy. And I think other parents are going to be like, no, like I really want my kid to keep learning. They really need additional work in anything so maybe they need maybe they do need stem development but maybe they need social development maybe they're not maybe they're not you know interacting with other kids in a way that that's a good space for them at school and yeah. so and that that family's different and then other things i think are going to be more like i don't know I, it's up to my kid my kid decides they want to do x camp because they like the activities they like the setting they like whatever and so i think what we're going to find as we go through this is a lot of information as to how uh, families are choosing camp, why they're choosing them. So for example, like we've been talking about these outcomes of camp, and I do think they're important, but if a family is is not looking for a specific outcome, then marketing to them with that outcome is actually not that important. Right, right. So uh, I think that's, that's, so I'm excited, that's the part I'm probably most excited about, is I think that we'll figure out how uh, families and kids themselves are kind of viewing this in this larger learning landscape. And then as that, uh, as that unfolds over time. So what yeah. are you looking for a 10 year old versus what are you looking for for a 12 year old? I think, you know, those things even could be different or your Absolutely. own child. 
this time. So, well, yeah, and the insight into the the parental angle is quite frankly the part that most camps get most excited about. As I'm sharing this with camps and sharing out the practical uh, benefits, you know, what we will learn or what we anticipate we'll learn, it's that piece. They say, "Wow, <laughs> that is really something that keeps us up at night." Um, so insight into parental decision making and then, you know, understanding how that differs with different parent populations across different ages and, and so forth. Um, Jim, you alluded earlier to this idea of um, identifying what happens at camp to produce outcomes and not just outcomes, but outcomes that stick. <laughs> and, and we're talking a lot about outcomes that align with college and career readiness, right? So we're interested in those outcomes, but really the, the value is what happens at camp to foster those outcomes? So we're looking at that too. And that's another part where camps get really excited. They say, well, that will really help in my program design. That'll really help as I allocate time during staff training. You know, you know, if camp is really all about the one-on-one -on -one connection between a staff person and a camper, you know, if that's really a key component in the experience, well, then maybe we should spend more time into making sure that that one-on-one -on -one, um, connection is, is of high quality consistently. So there's going to be um, a real kind of clear set of, of camp practices that camps can look at and measure against what they're currently doing and, and choose to kind of sink their teeth into it and say, hey, this is really an area where we can improve if we want to, you know, if we're interested in promoting these outcomes that, that last over time. So I, I really um, acknowledge the, the real practicality of the study and it was designed with use in mind. <laughs> Again, when I'm talking to camps, I say this is not a study that's gonna sit in a dusty journal on a shelf somewhere. This is designed for camp use and for use as an industry. You know, what are the messages that we need to be sharing with current and future stakeholders to better align camps with schools, with medical and health professionals? You know, so these are, um, you know, the questions that we're asking here are really gonna help us, uh, I think, come to the table in those various spaces as an industry. So Jim, what else do you, I mean, just as we wrap things up here, anything that, that you uh, would recommend in terms of how people could get involved or interact with this? Uh, study and the findings as they emerge? Yeah, I think really just, I mean, try to, if, if we can get, you know, the industry as a whole, I mean, not that I certainly feel there's a lot of advocates already in the industry, but, uh, you know, I think part of it as we're talking to is the strengths of the sample is we need, uh, we need, we need camps to be willing to engage with us that maybe, um, aren't as eager about mm -hmm. research if we want to, have a national sample. I mean, that's really the crux. I mean, we've always had this subset of camps that are like super interested in data, they're super interested in evidence, they're interested in improving their programs. And then we've had another group of camps that uh, are interested in running their camp and they're interested in running a high quality program, but they're not as interested in like the, the feedback loop, the data piece, the, the research piece. And I think right. if we really wanna to speak to camping as a whole, the, the truth is we need we need both of those groups to, to at least be somewhat engaged mm -hmm. uh, as you're as you were saying with the sampling I mean I think the asks are somewhat minimal as we were saying it's really I'm talking I call it an enrollment I mean we're really helping the camps are helping us enroll the participants we're then managing them once they enroll so once the families the participants the staff come to us you know we'll, we'll be in contact with them once they're consented to be in the study the camps don't have to be engaged in that but I do think we need camps engaged in the in the front end and that process 
process. And then, of course, we need camps to engage in the results because the other thing, the thing I also am a huge believer of is that we have, we'll have stuff and we'll be saying, look, this is, this is the research evidence, but it's got to, it, it, it has to tie to practice. And so if people go, that doesn't make any sense. Like you found this finding and it makes no sense to me. It's completely counterintuitive to what I would have guessed. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to figure out what those things are and whether, you know, maybe, maybe it's the practice assumptions that need to be adjusted, but maybe it's that the research evidence isn't uh, really being interpreted properly. So I think, you know, kind of these checks and balances, and I would say just engage, engage with the process, whether you're invited to participate, uh, whether you're reading and you're like, I don't really follow that, or I don't really understand it. I don't know what I can do with it. I think those are good questions to ask. So come to sessions, you know, read, read the blog posts, see what, yes. uh, see what makes sense, comment, give us feedback. I mean, that's, what we're about, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And I couldn't have said that better. There are lots of ways that we're sharing out findings as they emerge, as well as some of the challenges and just some of the updates about what we're experiencing. You can follow that on the Research 360 blog, as well as at local and um, that national conference. We're really doing is everything we can to keep camps engaged along the way. Um, participating, if you're contacted to participate, is critical but then using what emerges from the study is even more critical, right? It's, it's only as good as, as it's used. Um, so with that, I also want to uh, thank Jim very much for taking the time and thank Jim and his team. He has quite an extensive team now working on this project. And that's a good reminder that ACA has engaged a university partner to do this research because it's critical that, this, that the findings are reliable, that they're as unbiased as possible, and that they truly represent the camp experience. Um, if, if we knew what we wanted to find, we would have done our own research, but we're way too excited about camp to do that. So we initiated uh, a search for a university partner. This project is also under the advisory capacity of an all volunteer committee. Um, and that's really the, the checks and balances process that Jim referred to. So we're working really hard again to make sure that everything we find is legitimate, is believable, and is um, something that's practical as well as reliable. So Jim, thank you again for your time. Uh, listeners, thanks for sticking with us and follow along with research. Uh, it's a pretty exciting time and we hope to hear from you. Thanks again to Lori Brown and Jim Sipthorpe for talking research and camp for this episode of Camp Wire. You can follow along to research updates on our website. We post a Research 360 blog post about every couple weeks. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at ACA Camps on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're streaming this episode from your web browser, don't forget we are also on iTunes. So if you're an Apple user, uh, pull up your podcast app and search for Campwire and subscribe. And if you're really feeling crazy, rate our podcast on there as well. Alrighty, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.